0: Right in the balls. Right in the balls. It. I'm just hard, but I I take your it personal. You're not making any friends here. All right, Hitler. One love, one heart. Let's. Give together and feel alright. <laughs> Welcome back to Caligula, boys and girls. Hell yeah! And you, oh, you can experience you, more baby? of that singing. I'm doing great. I'm oh, ready yeah. to sing, and people can hear more of that. In North Carolina. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, uh, Ray and I will be in Durham, North Carolina. On uh, March the twenty fifth, maybe the twenty fourth and the twenty sixth as well. So if you're in the area, and I know some of you are because you came and hang out with us the last That's time right. we were there, um, come again, come and hang out with us again. Yeah, it's not going to it's not going to be as snowy this time, I hope. But who the fuck knows with God. current weather conditions? Right. Uh, we're going to be there for a screening of my film, Marketing the Messiah. I'm also going to be in Columbus, Ohio, on the twenty third of March. Maybe Austin, Texas, around about the 27th to the 30th, depending on cinema. Uh, and, of course, up and down the east coast of Australia. Look for dates on uh, marketingthemessiah.com. And And, cool. uh, you know, if you're a Kickstarter subscriber to the film, you should have already got the email with the streaming link. If you didn't get that, email me, let me know. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to have a screening of the film in your city... Right. You can organise that quite easily. Uh, there's, there's step-by-step instructions on marketingthemasai.com, but basically you go to the website, you go to mm-hmm. Fanforce, the company that's helping us set up the screenings, you go to the, the Marketing the Messiah page on their site, you, you click on I want to create a screening, you type in your city, the date you'd like to mm-hmm. do it, and they will organise a cinema... To uh, screen it in, and then it's just a case of can we sell enough tickets for that screening? Mm, we have to f- right. sell usually about fifty or sixty tickets to, to so for the cinema to break even to make it worthwhile. So then you just let me know, I'll promote it. You promote it. Um, get out there and uh, you know just post about it on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Say hey, come see this thing. We'll promote it. FanForce will promote it. And if you sell enough tickets, the screening goes ahead. I nice. may not be there. I'm not just going to fly back to the US every <laughs> couple of weeks for a single screening. If you can get it organised in this sort of block of period in late March when I'm in the US, sure, maybe I'll swing by. And right. uh, But anyway, uh, go see the film. Uh, I hope you like it. Uh, I've spent four years of my life working on it. If it (laughs) sucks, then I'm sorry. It's it's too bad. It is what it is. And uh, uh, the books have gone out too to the uh, supporters of the book campaign. You got yours already? got mine. Yes. That's great. Um, Yes. So thank you to everybody again who supported the film and the book. I, I appreciate it. Uh, quite frankly, though, I'm looking forward to getting through both of this. My life right now <laughs> is insane. Trying to promote Could, and plug and do media for all of these things. It's great. Yeah.
0: Is it too early to call you a media mogul? What's What, what are the numbers? What, what's the threshold? Are we holding off on that? No,
1: Look, I, I've been calling myself that since uh, 2004, right? <laughs> you know, they say if you speak it into existence, right. it will be true. Yeah, right. fro, frog shit. I've been <laughs> saying I've been calling myself a media mogul since I launched TPN. Still hasn't translated into uh, anything. Anyway, yes, let, yes, let's get into it. Uh, pick up where we left off last time. It's late in thirty-eight. Right. Drusilla is dead. Aww. Macro is dead. Caligula, aka Little Boots, aka Bootykins. Aka Booty Collins, James Brown's bass player. Um, <laughs> Aka Booty Tang. That's what I've right. decided. Ooh. I'm I like calling that. him. Booty Tang.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: You ever seen that movie, Booty
0: Tang? I have not. I have not.
1: Oh, do yourself a favor, Booty <laughs> Tang. Uh, booty written, tank it directed tonight. by Louis C.K., right. uh, starring Chris Rock, J.B. Smoove, um, a bunch of other people. Right. Uh, uh, Wanda Sykes. Oh, I
0: love uh,
1: her. Great film. Chrissy and I watch it every couple of years. It's just very, very funny. Uh cool. Booty Tang. Um, yeah. So uh, it's around this time that uh, Flaccid, uh, a.k.a. (laughs) Flaccus, the governor of Egypt, gets arrested, as we mentioned in an earlier episode. And what we're going to be talking about over this and the next couple of episodes is a range of conspiracies Yes, Uh, real or imagined that went down around about this time. Uh, You know, we've already talked about his sickness and his suggestions that he might have been poisoned as part of a greater conspiracy involving Macro and Gemellus and Solanus. We don't know whether that's real or imagined, and there's going to be a bunch of other conspiracies all kind of interrelated. Yes. uh, Deep, deep. Deep conspiracy theory here <laughs> that's state. going to govern the course yes. of, yeah, 49, uh, sort of 38, 39, and yeah. uh, well, oh, it's good, meaty, meaty, shit. yes. And you know, if if it's true, it brings a whole different perspective to Caligula's madman uh, reign and exactly. demise.
0: yeah. It turns out that the threat, so unreal.
1: um, yeah. Well, if 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 they right. are. I mean, they seem to be real. Yes. But um, speaking of which, you know, I've been reading a couple of biographies what? on Stalin recently in preparation for our Cold War series and a new focus. We're going to get deep into uh, late Stalin uh, on the upcoming episodes, having finished the creation of Israel for the right. moment. And, um, you know, I was reading a book last night by uh, Kenneth Nile Cameron, who is a British uh, scholar, I think he was at the University University of Wisconsin. He wrote a book in the late 80s called Stalin, Man of Contradiction. Right. Now, he's well known as sort of a pro-Marxist scholar. Uh, I think he was the Professor Emeritus of English at Wisconsin. But, um, yeah, very credible uh, scholar and intellect. Uh, did a deep study in the 80s on... Stalin and uh, mm-hmm. you know his view is the the purge trials, the show trials of the Trotskyists and the Bukharanists uh, right. in the mid '30s were legitimate. That they there were genuine conspiracies going on. He says you know in the West they get portrayed as fake, made up trials with made up right. evidence and forced confessions under torture and all that kind of stuff. He said, but the evidence is there. They, you know this; these were real. Conspiracies, uh, real trials. He talks about how the Soviet, the U.S. ambassador to the Soviet Union, Joseph Davies, uh, attended some of the trials, and he believed that uh, the evidence was real and that there was the guilt was genuine, and that uh, Stalin did what he had to do to Survive. prevent yeah. these guys from trying to uh, destroy the Soviet Union, doing deals with Germany and Japan because <gasps> they knew war was coming and they thought the Soviet Union would lose and they were trying to do deals to parcel Uh, it off to Germany and Japan. Uh, You know, believe it, don't believe it, but uh, he he certainly thought that the conspiracies were real and Stalin was in some way justified Mm -hmm. in getting rid of internal enemies. Well, now we're going to look at the evidence that Caligula... Yes, was justified yeah. in uh, some of his behaviors in these uh, couple of years.
0: Well, the way I like to think of it is, as I was going through getting you know ready, just pages and pages and pages of Wikipedia. Um, it's not the fact. It's not some of the dates and the events that um, that have been misconstrued. It's the interpretation of those. So as we go through those, we're going to dismantle some of the crazy Caligula stories. And I found it very interesting that he was just like Stalin, just trying to survive, trying to keep his state up and running, and and take care of people who were trying to get rid of him. It's it's, it's the, there's a lot of parallels there.
1: Yeah. I think so. Now, yeah. um, I mentioned Flaccus, the governor of Egypt, got mm-hmm. arrested at this stage. Um, uh, Tang <laughs> sent a centurion, right. Bassus, with some troops, and... We don't really know why he had Flaccus uh, arrested, mm-hmm. but maybe he sucked at his job. Might have been political. He was friends with Tiberius and Macro. Ooh. He may have been involved. You know, Macro was going to Egypt. Remember yes. to be the new governor yes. there when uh, he was arrested. Uh, Flack, Flacco had uh, permitted a mob to erect statues of Caligula in the Jewish synagogues of Alexandria. Mm. Um, and, and, but, you know, that was at Caligula's urging, I suspect. So right. a bit hard to say, oh, well, just because I tell you to erect statues of me <laughs> as a god doesn't mean you should go ahead and do it. But as we'll see as we go on, he may have got caught up in the greater conspiracy Mm-hmm. That we we will talk about. We do know that a guy called Isidorus, right? Which was a, a, I, I couldn't track down exactly
0: who this guy was. Could you? No, no, just just he the says, name and
1: knowing the answer is probably <laughs> no.
0: Uh, surprise
1: he asks facetiously, yeah. um, but I do know that Isidorus was a common name of like uh high priests in Egypt uh for the next sort of century or two, so I think it might have he might have been a priestly figure oh, there, right, and he seems to have been involved in setting up macro, and now he also sort oh, of snap. had something to do with pushing charges against Flaccus,
0: maybe he's a henchman, so.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah and, and we also of course we know that Egypt is uh, source of a lot of wealth it's the emperor's personal domain he's master of his domain like Kramer um, and uh, and uh, that uh, you know there's a lot of lot of lot of wealth a lot of grain to be had out of there so it's not not a province that you want anyone that you're a little bit suspicious right. about to be running it's it's, it's 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 the treasury yes Egypt so yes. for whatever reason this guy gets arrested as we talked about in an earlier episode he gets arrested he's going to be executed <gasps> or at least sent to a really really harsh exile yes and Lepidus dun, 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 dun. who will feature strongly in the next few episodes uh husband of Drusilla or now widow of Drusilla right um Augustus's best, sorry, not Augustus, Caligula's best friend and sometimes bum buddy, uh, (laughs) for some reason intervened in the prosecution of Flaccus and said, "Oh, how about we send him to Andros? It's a nice island. He's still an exile, but it's a comfy, cozy, easygoing retirement. And as we'll see as we go on, eh, that, may have, that, that intervention may have Ooh, backfired right. against Lepidus. Yes. Um, but anyway, that's, that's that story for now.
0: So I think where we left, left off last time, he had married uh, Lalia Polina, who was rich, and this was sometime around September of thirty eight. But Caligula is going to end it supposedly somewhere around the summer of the next year. Now th- again, this is where you get into events versus interpretation. Dio writes that he got rid of her because she was um, because she was infertile. Others were saying that he was tired of her, that he was insane, or he was very whimsical or fickle. But remember, he married her and he's looking for an heir so again this is one of those stories like would you believe you know why did he get rid of her because tacitus is going to be writing in the future when he's writing about the year 48 and when claudius who was then emperor wants to get married someone says you should marry her because she is high born she is qualified and because she is fertile there won't be any complications with the imperial family so again this is one of those things where it's looking like caligula married her for whatever reason besides her her money. She can't have kids. He needs an heir. She's got to go. It's a state decision. Is It isn't just some guy being fickle about getting rid of one wife after another. Again, it's one of those things where you're told crazy stories, but if you dig down, the truth seems to be he was making very practical decisions.
1: With his dick. With
0: his dick. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't do that? I have conversations with mine all but- the time.
1: Yeah, well I'll talk more about that uh-huh. uh, the divorce and his marriage to Sezonia a little bit later in my notes. Um, yeah. we'll get into the details of Sezonia. She's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um but in 39 I wanted to say that uh, uh took the consulship for the second time. He ha- he didn't take it in 38. He's trying to be all cool. Yeah. ah guys come on once is enough let someone else have a go I don't need it but after his illness and the conspiracy real or imagined involved in that he ends up taking the consulship every year for the rest of his life which isn't long but he takes it Uh, he probably intended it intended on taking it for the rest of the life He's, he's clamping down yeah but he doesn't He doesn't actually keep it that long. He just takes it, just to show that he can. Now, remember that Augustus had stepped down from taking the annual consulship way back in 29 BCE. Only held it twice after that, in 5 and 2, when he wanted to introduce his grandsons into public life. Thibaut only held it three times, 18, 21, and 31. Damn. Um, Yeah. But... Bootykens, Booty Tang, uh, wants to take it every year. But he then resigns it about a month later right. and gives it to a Suffolk council. Just, I don't know, to show that he can, I guess. Right. Uh, and But what it's doing is dispelling this illusion that He's only the princeps, the first among equals. He's like, no, I'm the man who can take the job whenever he wants. There's nothing you can do about it. Exactly.
0: Well, see, but even I think this is important to establish as far as we can tell, because the documents get a little sketchy here. As 39 opens up, as far as we know, he's still being respectful to the Senate. And when he does take that consulship that you just mentioned, when he takes his oath of office, he does so on the rostra. In the form, just like any other console, so he's still, to a degree, playing the game. But but you're right; he drops it after thirty days because his his message is like, "Look, I don't need this." You know, my my predecessors didn't weren't in the office that, that that much either. This is just something I can do or not do. But the point is, I don't need it. I am above all of you, and maybe they just needed a gentle reminder of that. So he drops it after thirty days and lets someone else have that pinnacle of position that all the senators vie for the second they become adults
1: and i think he's like it suggests that he's saying well look i don't actually want to do the work of a consul good god no. but i just want you to know that i'm the real consul right. these guys are the suffix like they're basically just keeping the seat warm but right. um i'm the i'm the real real consult. deal yeah and yeah and you know it's it's kind of weird cuz he doesn't have an official title outside of that it's not like Right. Good point. He really goes around calling himself the emperor. He's uh, he's he's got you know I, I guess imperator sort of somehow inherited this imperatorness, right? right. And princeps isn't really uh, a, a title as such. I mean, it's just you know the, traditionally the, the the first man in the right. senate, the, the the senior person in the senate. So um, yeah, I, I think he's just taken, taken, taken the golden ring every year just to show <laughs> that I can, that he, that he can <laughs> if he wants to. That the, and there's just a, it's it's like you ever seen Trump's handshake? <laughs> Remember the first time he met? I think it was uh, Trudeau in Canada, and he gives him like this over the top aggressive. A-type psychopath handshake right. with him, his hands on top. And they, the first yes. time they met, they were like fighting for who had the dominance establishing, and
0: the Exactly, dominance, yeah. yeah. He's establishing dominance. He's, he's going into the Senate, he's
1: lifting his leg in his yeah. toga, he's peeing on the throne, right. peeing on the consul's chairs just to go, these are mine, just so you all know, right. these are mine.
0: I um, can do whatever. I'll let
1: you sit there, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you're sitting in a puddle of my piss. Right. I just want you to know that. That smell, that's my piss, your city. No, get, get, no, don't, don't, don't wipe up. Leg. No. Leave it. Soak it into your toga. Right. I want you to walk around with that smell in your toga for the rest of the year. Just so you know. Just to remind yes. you. Yeah. yeah. You, 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 you're my wife now. <laughs> that's hot. So uh, the, the guy he chose as co-consul was Lucius Apronius Caesarnus, son of mm-hmm. Lucius Apronius Who'll come up over and over um, in these next few episodes? Uh, He was a close friend of Germanicus, obviously Booty Tang's dad. Yeah, he was his legate when he went to Germany to avenge Varus, and it was the consul's sister, Apronia, right, who was thrown out of a window by her husband, (laughs) the praetor Marcus Plautius Silvanus. And then he said, "No, no, no. no she she, uh, she committed suicide. Yeah, no, she jumped. Yeah, there was nothing. I, I, I was like half asleep at I, the time. She just jumped out, <laughs> and uh, I, I seem to remember Thibault. Yes." Conducted like a CSI investigation he got himself,
0: in and he had the the the, uh, the microscope. He had the uh, deer skin mm. hat from Sherlock Holmes. He went to the apartment and it looked at everything himself to try to determine exactly what happened. That's that's when he was more normal and getting into keeping Rome stable. Mm-hmm. I know the name of the case. The name of the case that Thibault investigated was The Lady Who Thought She Could Fly. Oh, nice. Thank you. Just came up with that. Or or the the other, the subtitle is Gravity Sucks. Either one, take either one, that's fine. (laughs) But she's gone now.
1: Do you remember uh, what happened to Marcus Plautius Silvanus?
0: Oh, no. What happened?
1: During his trial, his grandmother <laughs> sent him a dagger on Jeez. a silver platter.
0: Damn, that's a woman. That is a woman. Yeah. Oh, my God. Use this, bitch.
1: Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's... Uh, look, you're just, you're just embarrassing bitch. your family. <laughs> just, yeah, please, just end
0: it. put us out of our misery. Right. Cut deep, <laughs> cut
1: often. Yeah. And his grandmother was... Uh, his mother was... Urgulania mm-hmm. she was good friends with Livia, yes. I seem to recall Yes. anywho um, now this guy uh, Apronius, uh-huh. the co-consul was the guy as well who threw a party in honour of Thibaut where only bald men could come <laughs> and someone tried to charge him with maestus Right. But Thibaut laughed it off. He's like, ah, yeah. it's fine. I'm bald. Yeah, a I'm good bald. Way. What are you going to like? It's fine. Yeah. I've got no problem with the fact that I'm bald. Matter of fact, I'm not Caesar. like Larry David, right. I don't really trust men who aren't bald. I only trust bald men. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Tell me you've seen the clip. So, Tell me you've seen the clip of him in the MAGA hat, Larry David. Thibaut? Yeah. No, 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 close. Larry David wearing the MAGA hat. He uses it the whole.
1: I've seen the whole episode. Oh, then then never that. mind. I saw the whole episode.
0: man. Then never mind. Yeah. Okay, when that awesome? the motorcyclist yeah. when he cuts the motorcycle lost off, he throws it on. He's like, oh, just be careful in the future. You know, I was going to beat the shit out of yeah. you, but you're a Trump supporter. So, have a great day.
1: Yeah, he puts the MAGA hat on to get out of uh, having a lunch with a guy he doesn't want to have a lunch with. <laughs> <laughs> In the California. guy sits down, he sees the and he goes,
0: oh, oh, I've got a thing. I've got a thing. I, got a thing. I yeah. forgot I've got to go. <laughs> Sorry. Next time,
1: maybe. Good yeah. stuff. I love it. The new season of Curb is really good. Larry's in good form. Damn. Season 10. I've got to get on that. Um, yeah, so anyway, this guy is now consul. Um, now, he was also a commander in his father's legions when he was pro-consul of Africa, and they fought Tacferinus. right. Seem to recall his father then decimated one of the legions when they were they ran away from Tacó. Do
0: do what you got to do.
1: Anyway, apparently, Apronius was a fun guy, and I don't mean a mushroom. uh, (laughs) And and Booty Tang liked (laughs) to hang around with him. Yeah, and even after Booty resigned his consulship, he allowed Apronius to serve out his term. Which was only six months. I right. think the, the Suffolk's only got six months, and then you handed yes. it over to another Suffolk.
0: Well, you want to get as many people in there as you can because even though the position is pretty much hollow, it's still the biggest, best game in town for all these senators because that's as far as they're going to go. So you get your name in the history books. You know, Even if it's for six months, the point is you have achieved everything that you were supposed to as, as a senator. So, yeah, you squeeze in as many as you can.
1: I'm gonna adopt that as my new policy with podcast co-hosts.
0: Right, every six months you switch it out.
1: Yeah, I don't, yeah. You only—that sounds you, cr- know, you only get six months. <laughs> <laughs> you only get six months. To hang are you to gonna start do this uh, with me? Are you
0: gonna another. start the clock now? Or are you gonna start the clock six months from now? Na- from, from now, and this is our our last show. No, I'm
1: starting it. Six years ago, man. You, <laughs> five and a half years.
0: Well, I'd like to thank everybody. I've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot. Um, take care. Be no, good to haven't. be good to each other.
1: Yeah, you haven't. You haven't. You haven't learned anything. What have you learned?
0: I've learned stuff.
1: You've learned. You've learned how to get me to do all the work. <laughs> that, you know, I was listening to some stuff. early Julius Caesar shows right? recently. Right. Um, Looking for things to for the soundboard,
0: (laughs) and (laughs) I was like,
1: wow, Ray, Ray went through a period there where he actually, uh, do you remember when we used to do like two and a half hour shows? Like, it just was one show. I mean, we still sit here and record for three, three and a half hours, but at least we cut it up into right. several episodes. Back then it was just one episode. And we would do like one a month sometimes because we were so exhausted.
0: Yeah. yeah, Anywho,
1: yeah. we still only, yeah. Anyway, back in the good old days when we only ever recorded podcasts once a month. Right. Now we seem to be doing it every fucking day. That's what it feels like. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Now, Booty's replacement as Consul was Sanquinius Maximus. mm who uh, was also the urban prefect. He'd already held a consulship sometime before 32. He was the first person outside of the imperial family in the last 50 years to hold the consulship twice.
0: Damn. Did they trust him that much? Was he a blue blood? I mean, is there any reason that you know of why he got this special honor?
1: Yeah, well, he had a great name for a That's start. That's true.
0: Sanquinius Max- Maximus.
1: Quintus yeah. Sanquinius Maximus. <laughs> this is a pre- pretty good name. Right. Um, uh, yeah, no, listen, we really know nothing about him. He, right. he very briefly mentioned in the histories, huh. uh, I think Tacitus just says, mentions he was an ex consul and uh, that's pretty much it. Aww. We don't know who or why or what, what he had to do to get there, but, yeah, for some reason he must have been pretty special yes. to have held it twice. Yeah,
0: and for Caligula to go, I want you to have my chair. So, yeah, there's something, there's something going on with this guy.
1: Now, at some point during 39, and, and this will make much more sense uh, later as we get into conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. Booty walked into the Senate, and tore them all a new one. Now, we don't know exactly when or why, but as we'll see, as I said, may have had something to do with the conspiracy theories that was going on. But he'd obviously given up trying to present himself as the nice guy who came after Thibaut. Now he's just like, fuck all you all.
0: (laughs) And I sincerely mean it. He tears and he and basically calls them out on everything they've been doing, at least since the time of Tiberius, if not going back to Augustus. I mean, he just puts everything out there.
1: I've got a clip of him here.
0: Fucking Italian.
1: That's what he said <laughs> to all the senators.
0: <laughs> well, who the fuck are you? I'm going to fuck them all. I'm going to fuck them all. That's what he said. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it the I whole time. What you now apparently the story
1: is that he'd spent his spare time reading the legal files right the uh, dossiers that Tiberius and Sejanus had compiled the uh the uh J. Edgar Hoover dirt files right from J. Edgar Hoover's private stash in his apartment in Washington that he Shit. claimed when he first became princess that he had burned without reading. Yeah. As it turned out, he had a backup. Always have a backup. Always. That's my policy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when Always he, have a backup.
0: When he, when he rolled a Xerox machine in on his first day in office and started making copies, people should have figured that out, but they didn't. So it turns out that whatever he burned was probably just old recipes because he still has the goods on everybody that matters in Rome.
1: They're like, what is that? He goes, don't worry about it. They'd never seen one before. They didn't know what it was. All they knew is that occasionally he whipped up his toga and sat on his bare ass cheeks and then would hand those photocopies around to the
0: senators. Yeah, this is what I think Uh, of you. Yeah. It's a moon. It's a picture of a moon.
1: Now, he's had several people executed and the Senate, at least some of them, must have been... Trying to think up ways to get rid of him um, may or may not have been involved in conspiratorial plot development. Right. He certainly decided to purge. He's going to purge because he believes they, at, at the very least, they can't be trusted. I mean, at one point in his speech, he criticizes them all for criticizing Thibault. Yes. And even suggests that might be Maestas. Here's how Dio uh, uh, recounts this story. Up to this time, Gaius had always spoken ill of Tiberius before everybody. Right. But also, far from rebuking others when they denounced him, either privately or publicly, had actually taken delight in their remarks. But now he entered the Senate chamber... And eulogised his predecessor at length, besides severely rebuking the Senate and the people, saying that they did wrong in finding fault with him. I myself have the right to do this, he said, in my capacity as emperor. But you not only do wrong, but are guilty of Majestas as well to take such a tone towards one who was once your ruler." Thereupon, he took up separately the case of each man who had lost his life and tried to show, as people thought at least, that the senators had been responsible for the death of most of them and all by their votes of condemnation. So he's basically saying, listen, I can criticize Thibaut. Right. Because I'm the emperor, but you... Can't do it. I've let you get away with it so far, but now you—you know—this is Maestas. Secondly, all of these guys that Thibaut and Sejanus executed. It's your fault. You let yeah. them do it. You, you voted it. to have them executed. Yeah. yeah. So, you them. what the
0: fuck? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're,
1: yeah. You're the bad guys in this equation, not Thibaut. Hypocrites. You signed off on all of these executions. Right. Hypocrites.
0: Exactly. Yes. I think the Roman word for that is Hippocrates. I could be wrong. Uh, that's just off the cuff. But the point is, yeah, they voted on everything. They accused everybody. They testified against each other. So he's not wrong. But But would you say that it's... It's a little bit entrapment for him to complain about Tippo, And, of course, you do whatever the leader does, so the senators complain about Tippo. Plus, Plus, they had genuine reasons to complain about it. But now he's coming back and he's calling them on it, so it's almost like entrapment. But the point is, it doesn't matter. He can get up in front of the Senate and say whatever he wants, and they've kind of got to deal with it. And, it. and it's not like he's wrong or he's lying. He is stating facts And I don't know if they're humiliated at this point, but at the very least they should be put on notice that something is coming.
1: He also points out that um, first they all sucked up to Thibaut and Sejanus, then they turned on Thibaut and Sejanus. Killed him. So he says, you know, how can I believe all the sucking up that you do to me? Anything obsequious you say to me, I'm not going to believe it because... I see how you treated Thibault and Sejanus. Are you going to do that You're a bunch me? of yeah. hypocrites. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're just going to say one thing to my face and another thing behind my back. He called all of the senators clients of Sejanus and informers against his mother and brothers, being Ooh. Caligula's mother and brothers, Agrippina, right. etc. Oh, shit. And he justified what Tiberius did to his mother, and brothers, because he says, Look, Thibaut was faced with overwhelming testimony against them by you lot. That's right. You, look, I've got documentary evidence here. You yeah. said to him, Oh, you got, they're, they're conspiring against you. That's why he had them killed, because you convinced him to do it. So you're all responsible right. for the death of my mother and my brothers.
0: Now, would you say that he's taking facts, but maybe running a little too far with them, because we all know that the senators really didn't have much of a choice. Sejanus was going after his political enemies, and if you didn't back Sejanus, you might end up on that list. So he's not wrong, but these guys were just trying to survive. It doesn't matter that they're the one-percenters when there's someone above them with a sword. So he's, he's right in what he's saying, but he's interpreting it in such a way as to... What, I don't either make them feel bad or to call them out on things? But, I mean, he's right. They did do all this stuff, but they were just trying to save their own necks. Or, or is that a good enough excuse anymore? I'm guessing not.
1: Yeah, well, not for Caligula. He's basically saying, listen, you guys are full of shit, right. really. Uh, can't believe anything you ever say.
0: Again, uh, it's over.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No now, um... He, uh, according to Dio, Booty Tang then, in front of the Senate, started having a conversation <laughs> a-, a la Clint Eastwood at <laughs> yes, the Republican yes. convention a few years ago.
0: Instead of a chair. With an empty chair. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> with an imaginary Thibaut. Right. He says... Uh, so, you know, what, what do you think, Tiberius? And then he walks over to the other side of the platform. Well, I totally agree with everything you just said, uh, you know, Boudikins, Gaius, my my uh, beloved right. heir. Uh, absolutely right. Oh, really?
0: And and, and you know, and
1: uh, what should I do? Well, I think you should be harsh with them all. Oh, yeah. that's what I. That's what you would do. Yeah. By the way, did I kill you? No, no. wasn't you that killed me? No. no. I don't know who... I, it was just natural causes that right. I suffocated yeah. accidentally on my bedclothes. It was a heavy pillow. Um, yeah. It's just one of those things. No one no one could have seen it coming like 9-11. No one could have <laughs> predicted it. Uh, um, Dio says, After some such remarks as these, he represented in his speech Tiberius himself as saying to him, In all this you have spoken well and truly. "'Therefore show no affection for any of them and spare none of them, "'for they all hate you and they all pray for your death "'and they will murder you if they can. "'Do not stop to consider, then, what acts of yours will please them, "'nor mind it if they talk, but look solely to your own pleasure and safety, "'since that has the most just claim.'" In this way you will suffer no harm, and will at the same time enjoy all the greatest pleasures, and you will also be honoured by them whether they wish it or not. If, however, you pursue the opposite course, it will profit you naught in reality. For though in name you may win an empty reputation, you will gain no advantage but will become the victim of plots and will perish ingloriously. For no man living is ruled of his own free will. On the contrary, only so long as a person is afraid does he pay court to the man who is stronger. Right. But when he gains courage, he avenges himself on the man who is weaker.
0: Damn Damn. Mm. You just put it right there. Now yeah. I mean, but that's the game. We pretend to respect and and revere you. You don't have us killed because you've got all the power. I'm, I don't. I don't know. The senators aren't. You're a talking no,
1: about. The, you're talking about me here.
0: Talking about who you?
1: Me, yeah. When you say you, res, you pretend to respect <laughs> because you don't want it's to a, have you killed. It's but. A,
0: it's a, I'm, I'm killing two birds with one stone. But the point is, I mean, the senators are kind of in a, in a no-win situation. Yes, that's what they did, and yes, what, that's what they'll continue to do. But what's their other choice?
1: Yeah. Well. Grow a fucking backbone, maybe. I mean, you know, what did Cato do? What did Cicero do? Well, Cicero's bad example. <laughs> what Cato, did Cato
0: do? He killed himself. He opened Cato, himself up twice, twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah said, I'm not living yeah. with this shit. Fuck this. If this is as good as yeah. it's going to get. Fuck it. I'm out of here. Where's my knife?
1: Yeah, and you know, a couple of Tiberius's closest uh, friends said, right. "Listen, uh, I would rather commit suicide than they uh, did." Live under this kind of a regime, um, so that's one option. Another option is to conspire and, and try and bring him down, and the third option is to just uh, be a collaborator, basically. Right, collaborationists in the regime. Uh, it's a bit like being French in <laughs> 1939, 1940 Like, uh, let's like say, well, what are your choices? The Nazis the Nazis are here, what are you gonna do? Or well, the, the the GOP at the moment under yeah. Trump. They're like, well, well if we if we stand up to him, he might pick on say us. something mean about us on Twitter. Yeah, we can't have I that. I mean you don't want that. No, I can't have that. No. Best just to go along. Right. Uh according to Dio Booty ended his speech with the famous line from the Roman poet Lucius Achaeus, uh-huh. his play Atreus odorant dum metuant Which let mean? them hate as long as they fear oh i like that i'm getting that tattooed <laughs> on my deck um, <laughs> that's my new policy that's, let them hate as that's long my as they policy fear. against people who write one star reviews somebody wrote a one star <laughs> review on amazon for my book ah come on said it was biased uh, because I was basically uh, saying Republicans are psychopaths, and I want to point out, I go after Democrats just as much. Yes, in the book, I think I'm pretty equal, uh, uh, equally handed. I go to lengths to say psychopaths are on all sides of politics. Yeah, they're in religion, they're in business, That's they're the everywhere. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't single out anyone, but somebody wrote a one star review saying that. Uh, I was I was showing my political biases or something in the book.
0: I was right. like, really? That's, that's not true because you loathe everyone equally. So that's yes, not true. yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: especially you were
0: constantly people disappointed. write
1: one star reviews. Yeah. Oh exactly. my god, people! <laughs> don't get me started.
0: Sorry. Oh.
1: So. Uh, After all that, Mm -hmm. Thibaut restored the Maestas trials.
0: Damn. And after that, he walks out of the Senate, not unlike John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. I have a feeling he enjoyed that. He strutted out. There was some music playing. And now these guys, as pissed and as humiliated as they are by the speech, are now back to being fearful for their lives. And that's probably what he wanted. (laughs)
1: I just want a video of uh, somebody to superimpose Caligula's head <laughs> on John Travolta's
0: body <laughs> walking down the street. That'd be mm, awesome. Mm, mm, feeling it. Yeah. Now, yeah.
1: Uh, according to uh, the, the books I read, uh, mm. he, he, Booty would have required the approval of the Senate to restore the Maestas trials here. Ooh. And again, they apparently just rubber-stamped it. Oh, uh, he said... You're a bunch of fucking suck-ups. You just agree to anything Thibaut ever wanted or Cianus wanted and you do the same with me. No, no, we won't. Oh, no, it'll be different this time. I'm bringing back the maestas trials. Oh, yes, that's a fabulous idea. Yes, do I sign? yes we should do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where do I sign? <laughs> you know that I'm going to prosecute you all for your maestas, right? Oh, yes, we we, we understand that. Right, where do we sign? Right. I mean, seriously, fucking... What? Weak-ass pieces of shit, these people.
0: Right, but let me ask you to to drill down into this because with this speech... I mean, we know what's going on. He's basically calling them out for the hypocrisy. I, I get all that. But he's also ripping off the mask of the Senate. He's like, look, I know that you fake it every time you talk to me. But he's also ripping off his own mask. When I suck up to you or when I'm nice to you, I don't mean it. I'm just kissing your ass because that's the game. But the point is, this fakeness on both sides is, is like the grease that keeps the wheels moving. And now he's throwing a wrench into it, so... It's like I, you are all nothing but spineless, whatever, and I dare you to do anything about it. And I'm going to bring back the ability to try any of you based on treason. I mean, as spineless as they are, they are humans. They are one percenters. They do have their pride. He's, I would think that he's got to expect, or maybe he doesn't, some kind of backlash in some form because he has basically called them out on, on everything. They've got to react some way.
1: Well, Ray, you're, you're an expert on people faking it. Uh, right, right, how, true. How do, you, how do you deal with it when uh, people fake it with you?
0: There's a, there's a couple of ways. Um, kidnap their dog, toilet paper their house, try to date their daughter, um, negative things on Facebook. Uh, maybe that's why I don't have any more friends. I got I to think about this one. I'll get back to you.
1: A woman fakes an orgasm with you and is punished not kidnapping oh, kidnap a dog and fuck I her daughter? I, I, I don't
0: I don't. Really? If she fakes a, it, I don't care, as long as I have one that's real. You realize? Real. Yeah. Well, I'm
1: assuming the only person who's faking it with you is your wife, so you, you, you're, you're kidnapping your own dog and, yeah, and trying to have plan. sex with your own daughter? <laughs> is that is that <laughs> what not, you say? I know it's Virginia, <laughs> so these things are all possible. Right.
0: Well, if you really want to drill down, I mean, there have been moments, and I'm not... I'm not proud. This is like low moments. I have fake orgasms with myself and that's when I know I'm at rock bottom and I need to do better as a husband and as a father.
1: <laughs> Speaking of faking it, you know, you and I have been doing these shows nearly six years or more than six yeah. years. I don't know. how long, Six years? Six and a half? I don't know. When we Something. started. I can't remember. But, you know, I'm Feels coming longer. all the way to North Carolina. I'm just a couple of hours away from you, your place. And I say to you, hey, uh, after we do the screening in Durham, North Carolina, how about I come down to your house for a couple of days and hang out? And you were like, no, <laughs> no. no. You came That's up with some, some fake ass excuse. <laughs> oh, I've got to... A- I've got to go race in a marathon or something. Uh, no, after Actually, all these all these what? years, I say, "Hey, uh, let's hang out." You're like, "Yeah, look, uh, I would, but uh, oh, I got this thing." Uh, okay, speaking yeah. of faking it, right. fucking hell, man! <laughs> what disappointing. I've got to say.
0: Oh I'm sorry. well, it's even worse if you knew the full story. In anticipation of you coming to the eastern part of the United States, I signed up for the race, knowing it would give me an excuse. So it's actually worse mm. than what you think. Yeah, I don't want to run in the race, mm. but
1: no, it's better than. I don't think there is, any- there even is a race. I think you're inventing <laughs> the whole thing.
0: <laughs> it's quite possible. It's quite possible.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you don't even have real legs. You've got these little bubble boy <laughs> midget legs.
0: I'm not saying that's not true, but it still hurts,
1: you know? When we were walking around Vegas, I used to have to like (laughs) walk a couple of steps and stop and wait for you to catch up, walk another couple of steps, stop and wait. See, again, again, you don't know the full story.
0: I was going slow, hoping you would just go on, and then I could turn around and go back to the hookers and blow. But uh, no, you waited each time and I was disappointed. Anyway.
1: (laughs) Anyway, so the Senate approved that. And at the next meeting of the Senate, they they just heaped praise on Caligula as being a sincere and pious ruler. Thank you so much, Lord, for these things that you're doing to us you know, for yelling and screaming at us and calling us <laughs> names and, uh, and uh, threatening to prosecute us all under me. Says, thank you, Lord. We deserve it. Uh, you know, like, these people were really right. uh, the archetype of Christians. Really? <clears throat> we don't, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Thank you for, right. you know, threatening to send us to hell, oh, Lord. <laughs> Uh, we, we, we don't deserve it. Adam sinned, and we inherited Adam's sin. Oh. It's in our DNA. We have sinning DNA, Lord. <laughs> uh, That's science. Please, you know, f- threaten us with everlasting hell unless we drop to our knees and beg and plead for you to be nice to us.
0: Right. And they actually did thank him because we're going to get into this, but it seems that there was some kind of conspiracy right before this or the early in 39. I'm not sure exactly the timeline, but, but they end up not only giving him annual sacrifices, but they actually end up saying something like, thank you for not either killing or charging more of us than you did. So thank you. Oh Lord. And this kid's in his twenties. I mean, that's not how you talk. That's, you shouldn't talk to a 20 something year old. Cause they're only going to, their heads only going to get bigger at this point. They voted,
1: annual sacrifices to the emperor's clemency (laughs) and had a golden statue of him carried up to the capital and hymns sung in his honour by boys of noble birth. Oh, God. And the, the, the sort of clemency celebration was supposed to be performed every year on the anniversary of his speech where he called them all a bunch of cunts. So, damn, this whole thing of clemency suggests <laughs> right. that they knew that they had done fucked up, right? And that by not having them all executed on mass, he was being nice. And yeah. so this it sort of suggests there was something to this or at least that's how they wanted to position it. Look, you're right, right. We're bad. You're, you're a nice guy. Cause you, I mean, you should have us killed, quite honestly. The should. fact that you're not yeah you know, shows what a wonderful, <laughs> benign ruler you are. Um, you know, and, and the whole concept of clemency or clementia was very big with the Julio-Claudians. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember Julius Caesar... Uh, showed clemency to the people that were on the wrong side of the Civil War, the right. losing side of the Civil War. Yes. Um, f- for all it got him. Um, Augustus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, later in life, uh, not so much, but at some point there, he sort of forgave some enemies. You know, he was talked into it by Agrippa or Livia or various uh, of mm-hmm. his advisors at different times.
0: And But, um, yeah. I was just going to say, and remember, Augustus is the one who told Tiberius, look, they can call us names all day long. Words don't hurt. It's the sticks and the stones. So as long as it's just words, fuck it, let them say whatever. And again, that was early on in his life as a ruler, but he was very uh, clement at the beginning. And I think Tiberius, before he got insane, let a lot of things go. So you're right, this has a long tradition. And in that light, he's kind of keeping that going, but in a very warped way.
1: Well, you know, and and it goes back um to this Roman tradition of how to treat a vanquished enemy. Mm-hmm. And we saw this a lot in Caesar's uh years, decade in Gaul. If he defeated you, yeah. and you submitted, kiss the ring, he would he would treat you well. Yeah. Um if you betrayed oh. his trust, yeah. Uh, Then he would chop chop off your hands and go for (laughs) Stadio in your village. But...
0: You got the one. You got the one.
1: Yeah, you got one. You got one chance with Caesar. And then, (laughs) you know, he took that into his uh, dictatorship as well in in, uh, showing clemency towards the vanquished enemy. And, you know... Obviously, uh, back then I tied it to Christianity. um, You know, love thy enemy, uh, turn the other cheek, Mm -hmm. etc., etc. You know, I think there obviously was at least with the Julio Claudians, um, and I think in Roman high society more broadly, this idea pre-existed Christianity. I mean, I mean, we know that the Golden Rule uh, Mm -hmm. predates Christianity by a long shot. It's evident in Confucianism and uh, various world religions, Zoroastrianism, and I think uh, some early Judaism as well. So this idea predated Jesus, obviously, and uh, Julius Caesar was obviously well known for it in the late uh, late Republic, early Empire. Mm -hmm. Julius Caesar was uh, the god of clemency. Really? And,
0: and at times benefited from it at times not but he did get a lot of loyal adherents and people who were who stayed loyal to him so overall it was a decent policy it only takes a couple of guys to turn against you to make it bad but he did get some benefits out of that
1: even Tiberius apparently had clementia written on some of his coins mm. so even in his period and we don't normally associate Tiberius yeah, no. with clemency yeah uh, but you know we, we as we Covered in his story, for the first, at least the first half of his rule, the first ten years or so, he was forgiving people. He was a Caesar, left and right.
0: Yeah, yeah, solid bloke. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Before he went <laughs> mad in his
0: sex, sex dungeon, nuts. crazy. Now, yeah. um,
1: the fact that this is um, back in thirty nine and the the clemency bit might also suggest that Booty suppressed this conspiracy that we've been hinting at and then made a show of not being vindictive towards people who had pretended to be loyal but were involved in some sort of a plot. But as we'll see, his clemency only went so far. (laughs) Um, Dio says they also granted him the right to celebrate an ovation as if he had defeated some enemies. (coughs) Um, Again, now this may tie into the conspiracy that we'll talk about in the next episode, or, or maybe it's related to... Uh, just clementia towards the senators that should have been accused of miestis. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's hard to say the sources aren't clear, right. but Dio says when they offered him an ovation, booty was furious. Why was he, why was he furious over that? ray?
0: Is that just more hypocrisy on their part? I mean, again, they're going through the motions and he know he knows they don't mean it. It's just another empty gesture because they would stab him in a second if they could get away with it and live. At Vicini, he can fuss.
1: Fuss, fuss. Think you like to scream at us?
0: Probably he means no harm.
1: He's very, very short on (sighs) charm. You have a great gift for rhymes. <laughs> yes, yes. Some of that.
0: Enough of that. Percy, are there rocks ahead? If they are, we all be dead. No more rhymes <clears throat> now. I mean it. Anybody want to pin it?
1: I mean it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Maybe it. Maybe it had something to do with that. But I also, according to Dio, he was furious because, and this is what Dio writes for he did not for a moment wish it to appear that anything that brought him honor was in the power of the senators Ooh. since that would imply that they were his superiors right. who could grant him favors as if he were the inferior damn this is complicated so no you don't, you don't you don't get to give me stuff if i want stuff i just take stuff i you're not the boss <laughs> of me i'm fucking Bootykins, right. I'm Booty Tang, Sada my brothers. Uh, that's a Booty Tang thing. You have to see it. Um, he's he's the Booty Tang. They're just a bunch of riffraff. So every time they try and offer him something now, uh, he just gets angry. Right, takes it as an insult that they think that he gives a shit what they think. Basically, it's like when people write one star reviews. I'm like, really. Do you really think I give a shit what you think? Really?
0: <laughs> who do you think you are? But Cameron right. fucking Riley. <laughs> Media mogul, bitch. No, but the point is that one-star <laughs> review is giving people the wrong impression of your book. That's the part that you're angry about because now if no one reads anything but that review, they're going to think you're attacking Republicans and nobody else. It's, it's false.
1: Yeah, so everyone who <laughs> gets the book, go up to Amazon uh, and please... Write me a write me a good review. If you think the book's good, if you think it's shit, write an honest review. I'm not asking no. you to write a fake review, but, but uh, yeah, if you think it's uh, a good read, take uh, two minutes, please. T- yeah, take two minutes. Yeah, like no. Ray hasn't done yet, have you, Ray?
0: No, I haven't.
1: No, 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 you but, haven't done that. No, no, because you're so so busy. Uh, kidnapping <laughs> your own dog and trying to have sex with your daughter. I have a very well, I think that's the month. end of this episode. Oh. Uh, in the next episode, uh, Booty Tang is gonna build a bridge that goes nowhere for no reason, and he's gonna get married again. And uh, I think we'll get into this big conspiracy that we keep uh, hinting at, but that'll have to be next time because I fucked your wife <laughs> and. Booty
0: Tang! <laughs> I'm here for you, brother I think I was drunk Suicide is painless It brings on many chains Hey, that, ow That hurt Fuck Hey, man I think it's great. This is gold.